Okay. Welcome to Progressive News Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm the producer and your host, Janine Moloff. I know last week I said we were going to be on a two-week hiatus, and I meant it. We were. And then I spotted a story in Common Dreams, and I couldn't let it go. This, so this is an emergency broadcast. It's not going to be a long one, but it's going to be part of, I suspect, what will become an ongoing feature on Progressive News Network, and that's going to be our Corruption Watch. We do a lot of stories about corruption that has become endemic to our political system. And I know to say Corruption Watch then seems rather redundant, but it isn't. So our Corruption Watch feature at times may be a really short one, maybe five, ten minutes, and give you a recap of what's going on. Sometimes it'll be a whole show. But it's going to be an added feature, and we're, we're, we have to do it. All right. Ever since uh, the late Antonin Scalia pushed the Citizens United decision on the nation, our political system has been even more flooded by cash from corporations and billionaires, as well as uh, foreign sources as well. And as a result, not only was the Republican Party flush with even more cash and really dedicated only to the rich, well, that, that was predictable. That's always been the Republican Party. But now we have a Democratic Party, which let's face facts. Unless you're a true progressive, in other words, unless you're a member of the squad, uh, including my own U.S. congresswoman that I'm proud to say is my congresswoman, Cori Bush. Yay, go Cory. Unless you're a member of that or a burner, most of the Democrats out there are corporate Democrats, which is essentially saying eh, they're the same as a moderate Republican used to be. You know, the, These are the people that say they are progressive on social issues, and when it comes to fiscal or economic issues, they're more conservative. Well, newsflash, for the average person who is not a billionaire, who is not a corporate executive, who is not at least somewhat affluent or wealthy, economic issues are social issues. You know, it's nice if you have these people that are social liberals saying, you know, they back a woman's right to reproductive freedom. Yes. It's good that they say they believe in equality between the races and religious groups and so on and so forth, and equality for the LGBTQ community. That's all lovely. But if you're anything but rich, having this level of economic inequality means that those social justice issues don't have anything to back them up. So economic issues are social issues. You know, I grew up in a low-income family. And while, yes, my parents were always Democrats, you know, it was hard for them to deal with people that were fiscally more conservative but socially more liberal. Uh, I used to babysit for this woman, and she's a local political person in St. Louis politics, and she was one of those people, and she just couldn't understand my mother or my attitude at the time. We couldn't get health care for my father uh, because he was, you know, he was too sick to work, and um, 
insurance insurers wouldn't insure him, and she couldn't understand why being pro-abortion wasn't really on our radar at the time. You know, being so strong in social issues, and I am socially a progressive, but without the the financial, without the economic half of it as well, uh, it's basically a bunch of affluent white liberals looking down on lower-income people who are trying to say, hey, those social issues are lovely, but they don't help us put food on the table. They don't help us uh, keep a roof over our heads. They don't help us uh, keep our kids in school so on, or get health care and so on and so forth. So that's a long way of saying, you know, the obvious. And this emergency telecast today deals with those economic issues, specifically surrounding health care, spe- more specifically surrounding the COVID pandemic. All right, you guys remember the beginning of the COVID pandemic. People were just dying left and right. And we didn't really have vaccines for a while there. And we we had virtually no way to treat it. We just put people on respirators and then they died a hideous death. And then we came up with some antivirals and they worked. But the only, only certain people received the antivirals. You know, I know for a fact here in St. Louis, People that, you know, had full insurance died in hospital because their insurance wouldn't let them have the antivirals or the monoclonals. They didn't get the same chance that Donald Trump got when he came down with COVID. They didn't get the same health care and the same chance to survive COVID that Joe Biden just received. They just didn't. So financial issues are social issues. And this is the latest thing. And you know, as much fun as it is to blame Trump for everything, we have to look at both parties and their role in basically corporate governance. And, you know, the fascism world word is pushed around a lot. And to the average person who hasn't studied political science, to them fascism means the Nazis. And while it's true, the Nazis were fascist. But if you actually look it up in the dictionary, fascist means corporate governance. It's oligarchy. In other words, it's governmental rule by a handful of very rich people that are represented uh, by corporations. So this is an emergency show. And if you saw the advert, and and you probably didn't get a chance to see the advert. That's the other thing, too. I tried putting it on Facebook, and it wound up on my own personal page. When I tried to put it in, you know, that part where it says your story, it wouldn't go on. And then even when I posted it just routinely – uh, because the word COVID was in the title, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the Facebook note about, you know, this is about COVID. If you want more information about COVID, you know, basically Facebook's playing this false equivalence game, let's face facts, where the anti-maskers and the anti-vaxxers are being given the same level of credibility, it seems, as people who actually believe in science. So I thought that was rather absurd. But anyway, I put this together very fast. So if it seems off the cuff, there's a reason for that. So I, I saw this, and this was a piece that was that ran in Common Dream. So if you saw the advert, fine. If not, this is what it's about. The headline is Biden pla- the Biden administration is making plans to sh- allegedly shift COVID treatment costs to patients. Now, they haven't done it yet. Right, they're in discussion. So let me amend that statement here. The Biden administration seems to be allegedly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cover my bets here, okay? Just in case 
Biden administration allegedly is in discussions to shift the COVID treatment costs from the government to patients. Right now, you can get the vaccines for free. Right now, if you need Paxlovid, uh, you can get it either for free or minimal cost, as well as other you know, monoclonals and antiviral medications. But if it gets shifted to patients, it's a different story. So the Biden administration right now is discussing plans to shift the cost of COVID vaccines and treatment to patients. Discussions are taking place, allegedly, which could make the current state of medical care apartheid. Let me read that again. Discussions, allegedly, are taking place, which could make the current state of medical apartheid far worse than before. And we are in medical apartheid. Make no mistake about it. These discussions were reported by Kenny Stancil, writing for Common Dreams. Stancil source, the Wall Street Journal. Now, not that I put a lot of credibility behind the Wall Street Journal, but for corporate Dems that have populated the Biden administration who will roll their eyes and say, oh, it's some lefty publication. Well, it wasn't. The Wall Street Journal is hardly a lefty publication. And while I don't put a lot of credibility in them, the corporate Dems can't say, oh, this was a radical leftist that came up with this idea. That's why I cited the Wall Street Journal. Uh, if the Biden administration abandoned us, abandons us in favor of big pharma, many patients, including Medicare, Medicaid, and yes, the Affordable Care Act patients, would be denied monoclonals and antiviral treatments since they were approved on an emergency basis and are considered experimental. Without such treatments, many COVID patients will die agonizing deaths like it did before such treatments were available. And here's the kicker. Ironically, these vaccines and treatments were developed so rapidly, and people wonder, wow, this, you know, these scientists came up with something so quick in a year, year and a half time. That's not exactly true. These vaccines and treatments were developed that rapidly because they were based on older research that was funded by the National Institute of Health. In other words, funded on the public dime, on the taxpayers. So let's go to the first part of the story. And I'm hoping you guys can hear me because I think we're having a few technical issues tonight. We'll find out when I listen. If not, I will redo the show. Again, this is very quick. So we're going to go to the Stancil article, Ran in Common Dreams. And it ran um, this Friday. The headline that's by Kenny Stancil is, quote, terrible idea. Biden preparing to shift cost of COVID treatments vaccines to patients. Quote, we must push back, said one doctor. Free provision of vaccinations, Paxlovid, and monoclonals have been critically important, end quote. So I'm looking at this article here, and apparently what this is about, according to Kenny Stancil, um, this was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Okay. And apparently, I guess the Wall Street Journal thought this was a good thing. I don't know. You know, maybe the Wall Street Journal writers were banking on the fact that not many people read it outside of the corporate community. But straight from Stancil's article in Common Dreams, quote, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services plans to meet with representatives from drug manufacturers, pharmacies, and state health departments on August 30th to, quote, map out how to shift the bill for coronavirus jabs and therapeutics from the federal government to individuals. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. OK. 
Okay. This Stancil's article in Common Dreams goes on, quote, the looming transition that many have anticipated and resisted since the onset of the go ongoing pandemic is going to take months. Okay. Now, Stancil quoted Don O'Connell, who is the Assistant Secretary at Health and Human Services for Preparedness and Response. According to Don O'Connell, quote, we've known at some point we need to move over into the commercial market, and we're approaching that time now. We don't want to do it by fiat, end quote. So there you have somebody at HHS, Health and Human Services, at a fairly high level of, of the agency admitting this, essentially. Now, uh, Kenny Stancil's piece in Common Dreams, that's where you can find it, uh, also quoted Dr. Adam Gaffney, who is an assistant professor of medicine at Harvard University. He's also a pulmonary and intensive care doctor. And he called the proposal to commercialize the procurement and provision of COVID-19 vaccines and treatments a terrible idea. To quote Dr. Gaffney, quote, we must push back. Free provision of vaccinations, Paxlovid and monoclonals has been critically important, even if disparities persisted, end quote. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, I should mention that Gaffney is all, Dr. Gaffney is also the past president of Physicians for a National Health Program. So, yeah, he believes health care is a human right. Um, the Wall Street Journal did report, quote, switching vaccine, I'm sorry, let me, let me make sure this is correct here. Okay, this is from a Twitter Twitter feed here. Um, the journal, I guess the Wall Street Journal reported, quote, switching vaccine purchasing to the commercial market would mean that each insurer and pharmacy benefit manager would be negotiating with drug manufacturers and prices would likely be higher than what the federal government has paid. And that's according, according to Larry Levitt, who is the executive vice president for health policy at the Kaiser Family Foundation. Uh, Levitt went on to say, quote, insurers would have to start paying for the vaccines, likely raising premiums. Mr. Levitt, this is the quote from the journal, that is. Mr. Levitt went on to say, quote, without the government perching, excuse me, the previous quote was from the Wall Street Journal. Now Mr. Levitt is quoted as saying, Quote, without the government purchasing vaccine doses in advance, the U.S. may fall behind other countries in getting quick access to boosters and new variant-specific vaccines, end quote. The Wall Street Journal, again, went on to say that, quote, other challenges include the timetable for each drug or vaccine manufacturer has for when they want to move into the commercial market. Also, Medicare and Medicaid, Federal insurance programs for older and lower income people, respectively, don't cover antivirals because they're only approved under an emergency use authorization. Again, this is coming from the Wall Street Journal. I know some people don't like the Wall Street Journal, but again, I think that the Wall Street Journal was reporting this as what they thought was a good thing. It's obviously not. It's a horrible thing. You know, if Medicare and Medicaid don't cover antivirals and you come down with COVID and you get really – basically, it's a death sentence, okay? Now, according to Kenny Stansel again, they quoted Tahir Amin, who is an intellectual property 
this, excuse me, Tahir Amin, who is an intellectual property lawyer, and he's the co-executive director of the Initiative for Medicines, Access, and Knowledge. Again, he described the Biden administration's plan as, quote, a recipe for disaster unless you are a pharmaceutical company or other profit center in the healthcare market. Amin tweeted the following, quote, you just have to remember the nonsense that went on with the cost of testing, end quote. Okay, and I remember that too. And before the White House did finally mail free at home COVID-19 tests, Americans were being horribly overcharged for the very diagnostic tool they needed in order to, you know, get treatment, save their lives. Keep in mind also, according, it heals me to say it, this is according to khn.org, um, Americans were also severely overcharged for those diagnostic tools, even though the tests, the diagnostic tests were created with public money, taxpayer money. Keep in mind, so were the vaccines. So were the antivirals. Okay? So transferring COVID-19 diagnostic tests, vaccines, and therapeutics, in other words, the antivirals, um, which can save your life, the only thing we have that can save your life, actually. Everybody's scratching that they were developed quickly because all the research had already been done. These big pharma manufacturers just tweaked the research, essentially. And that initial research had all been paid for on taxpayer money. We own it, people. But, you know, that doesn't make any difference. So in this instance, to me, the Biden administration is every bit as bad on, you know, this issue as previous administrations. According to the Stancil article, uh, the main corporations, Pfizer, Moderna, and some others, uh, they reported at least $79 billion, with a B, in global sales combined of both the vaccines and the treatments in 2021. And that was based on the Wall Street Journal's review of earnings reports. In the second quarter, I'm reading straight from Kenny Stancil's article, quote, in the second quarter of 2022, Pfizer raked in another $8.1 billion, with a B, for global sales of Paxlovid, its inequitably distrib- distributed antiviral pill alone. And this is based on another uh, Common Dreams article where basically the distribution of Paxlovid, which is shown to be very effective in preventing death and serious illness, once you come down with COVID, People in wealthy nations can get it, but no one else can. So this plan to shift the cost, let's face facts, it is another, it's another giveaway to big corporate, all right? And the fact is, the fu- part of it is because the funding for pandemic response is dwindling, okay? And this is according to the Washington Post. Um, the White House, this past February, according to to Bloomberg requested $30 billion from Congress to, you know, continue fighting, you know, the, this public health emergency. Uh, guess what? The Republicans said no way. And the Republicans, according to the New York Times, the Republicans prevented a much smaller package from moving forward. 
So this isn't all on the Biden administration. Part of it is their cowardly response because they won't fight Republicans. The fact is people from the Biden administration, not just Joe Biden, but Kamala, every single one of them, they should have been out on that soapbox raising hell with the Republicans and saying, why do you want to cut off these life-saving medicines that were actually paid for on the public dime? Okay? But they didn't. So the Republicans voted it down also, you know, but again, yes, the Republicans are obviously, to put it in simplistic terms, the bad guys, the villains in this piece, but the corporate Democrats are cowards that won't fight back. Now, Republican lawmakers, according to Kenny Stansel's article and according to another Common Dreams article, quote, they want to repurpose aid allocated to states under the American Rescue Plan. Insisting that, I'm reading from this, insisting that no new relief money should be approved until existing finances are exhausted. And they are opposed to any amount of new spending aimed at bolstering international efforts to defeat COVID-19, a disease disease that's been made far deadlier by the global vaccine apartheid. So this is based on documentation from Common Dreams, actually. Now, when they say they want to repurpose the aid allocated to states in the American Rescue Plan. To me, that sounds a lot like they would like something like block grants where they can basically transfer the money to something they want. In other words, steal it. This is why I don't trust state legislatures. Um, You know, once again, this is right-wing obstructionism. And according to, let's see now, I'm looking here. Oh, according to Dr. Gaffney, Adam Gaffney from Harvard, that the Republican response is basically what Dr. Gaffney characterized as, quote, the rationing of COVID care by ability to pay, end quote. And it's true. Now keep in mind, it's the Republicans that were basically saying, you don't need a mask, you don't need to vaccinate. They want to, what, infect people nonstop because they didn't want people to stop going to work. You know, basically the Republican Party and corporate Democrats as well, they see working people as their beast of burden, all right? And God forbid you should take a little time off to get a vaccine, to make sure that, you know, you're not going to contract a deadly illness. Um, And once again, it's the Republicans that pushed this COVID denialism, and now it's by ability to pay. And the ability to pay is really quite extreme, okay? And we're going to get into that in a few minutes. Now, Dr. Gaffney also said that this past March, There was a federal health agency that was given the task of covering COVID testing and treatment for uninsured people in the U.S., but they ran out of money. And then they stopped accepting claims, according to Common Dreams, which has led patients to being charged uh, $125 for a single COVID PCR test, again, according to Common Dreams. Now, the average working person that earns minimum wage or a little more than that, 
$125 may as well be $125,000. They don't have it. And this is a disease that's highly contagious. But apparently they don't care how many of us die. Make no mistake about it. Now, in May, the Biden administration made the announcement, again, according to Common Dreams, that they're preparing to, quote, ration vaccines due to Senate Republicans' continued stonewalling of new pandemic spending. Okay, so it's not all on Joe Biden. He's responding to the Republicans cutting us off. But he doesn't have the stones to fight the Republicans. Okay. Also, um, the Wall Street Journal reported, quote, that the administration in August stopped supplying monoclonal antibody treatments. Uh, Eli Lilly and company has shifted to commercial sales of its COVID-19 monoclonal antibody treatment to states, hospitals, and other health care providers, um, again, according to the Wall Street Journal. Now, keep in mind, this pandemic in um, what? Two years and, let's see, not quite two and a half years, has already led to more than one million deaths here in the United States, according to Common Dreams, and 15 million globally, again, according to Common Dreams. Earlier this year, the White House issued a warning, according to CNN, quote, that a coronavirus wave this fall and winter could infect up to 100 million people around the country. Okay? End quote. Should also point out that Americans have died at a much higher rate from COVID than other nations that have, I'll say it, socialized medicine. Okay? In fact, the fact is we... We have as many deaths here in the United States from COVID. It rivals deaths in the poorest nations in the world. Other wealthy nations that have some form of socialized medicine do not suffer these kind of deaths. Make no mistake about it. This is an issue of health care is a human right. So this issue, this particular article just basically shows that the fact we have the pandemic has had such a heavy death toll, quote, is an indictment of its of our country. In other words, it's an indictment of our profoundly unequal socioeconomic order, which lacks life-saving rights like universal health care, paid sick leave, and other benefits enjoined in countries with higher levels of union density, end quote. Okay? And it, this article by Stancil... Uh, ends with a statistic, and this was according to another Common Dreams uh, article. There was a recent analysis, and what this analysis determined was that a single-payer single health care system, like Bernie's Medicare for All, okay, or some other form of socialized medicine, get this, quote, could have prevented more than 338,000 COVID-19 deaths nationwide, end quote. Now, for those of you that think um, socialized medicine, this is Bernie's crazy Medicare for all nonsense. No, it's not. Originally, 
you know, a lot of corporate Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi, she, she loves to point out how she got to meet President Kennedy when she was younger, and she idolized him. Well, apparently she doesn't idolize him that much because John Kennedy originally intended Met- Medicare as we know it for elderly people, 65 and over, was only the first step. It was John Kennedy intended that would be the first step. And that gradually it would extend to, yes, Medicare for all. So when they say Bernie's too radical, then you're saying John F. Kennedy was too radical. You can't have it both ways. So let's look at the cost. Okay? We're going to go to the next one here. And let's look at the fact, first, before we look at the cost, let's look at how much U.S. taxpayers have funded. Now, this is a... An article from the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, their National Library of Medicine, specifically the National Center for Biotechnology Information. And it is, uh, I guess they republished this from Clinical Pharmacology Therapies. Um, this was published uh, July 9, 2021. The, art, the study article headline, whatever, is, quote, U.S. taxpayers heavily, heavily funded the discovery of COVID-19 vaccines. And it's by Hussein S. Lalani, Jerry Avam, and Aaron S. Kesselheim. And it really does go into the point. You know, everybody wonders, once again, how did we come up with these vaccines so quickly? And we've talked about it before on Progressive News Network in the early days of the pandemic. They, they built on ongoing research that had been going on for the past 30 years. So all they did essentially was tweak the actual research that the taxpayer paid for. Okay. Um, So basically these contributions, according to this article, aren't really given adequate attention. Um, so these particular authors wanted to review the origins of COVID-19 vaccines and the global implications. So somebody named Catalin Carrico, a Hungarian-born scientist, um, came to the U.S. in 1985. Uh, she was overlooked at the University of Pennsylvania, and apparently she was trying to develop messenger RNA technology to, quote, redeploy cellular mechanisms to create proteins that could be used for a variety of clinical purposes. Now, I could go into all this, but this is a shorter story today, so I'm not going to. The bottom line is this. Um, let me see. The scientists came up with it, but the, these particular discoveries the foundational advances to not only the vaccines, but actually the therapeutic treatments as well. They took decades of research that were all government funded. They just will. So that when they, when Trump talked about uh, Operation Warp Speed, you know, once again, that was a trickle. All right. Trump, like usual, took credit for something he had nothing to do with. Um, 
Now, Operation Warp Speed, Credits article, did, quote, invest billions of dollars in conducting rigorous clinical trials and in manufacturing with the participation of Moderna, AstraZeneca, Oxford, Johnson & Johnson, and Sanofi GSK. It's true, end quote. All right? But they wouldn't have been able to do that if there hadn't been all this research done for decades, plural. I believe it's a minimum of 30 years for that research to be considered, you know, acceptable. This article also states that, quote, the National Institutes of Health has joint ownership of the Moderna vaccine patent because of its fundamental role in research and development, starting from the inception of that work and continuing to the present. Really now? Then why should Moderna be allowed to jack it to the patient's? Okay, let's get a little real here, okay? This article goes on to say, quote, I'm just skipping ahead, the decades, quote, the decades of foundational government funding in vaccine innovation and the massive influx of money during Operation Warp Speed have benefited the entire biopharmaceutical and scientific community, raising important questions about what should constitute a fair return on this substantial public investment, end quote. And that's the question right there. To put it bluntly, we paid for it. We should be able to get it at a much lower price. We just should. So we're going to move ahead here now. Okay. Um, There was... Let's see. Give me a second, folks, is here. According to Gilead Sciences, the you know, in case you're curious about what the cost for these therapeutic um antiviral meds would be, the US price for COVID nineteen drugs to treat it once you get it, they set it at a range between $2,340 to $3,120 based on insurance. That's just for the drug remdesivir alone. That was based on this article in June of 2020. So let me go ahead here, and I'm going to find here. Let's see. There was a piece in The Intercept. Give me a second, folks. About how we financed it. Oh, give me a second. I'm trying to type this. It's kind of a pain. Okay. And this deals with Merck, but they're so oops. I'm sorry, folks. I'm trying to do this on my little Chromebook, which won't let me copy and paste. Normally When I'm doing a broadcast, I have my other computer handy. I've downloaded what I'm going to use. I copy and paste. I make notes all over the place, which I wasn't able to do. So this is going to take a few minutes. Bear with me. Okay. Here we go. So this has to deal with Merck. This was from The Intercept. And this was published this past October, October 5th, 2021. So it's been less than a year. Okay? 
The Intercept published by um, Sharon Lerner. The headline, Merck, another big pharma, Merck sells federally financed COVID pill to U.S. for 40 times what it costs to make. The COVID-19 treatment, Molnupiravir, was developed using funding from the National Institute of Health and the Department of Defense. Okay? A five-day course of this particular drug, Mol, I can't quite pronounce it, Molnupiravir, it's considered a huge advance in COVID-19 treatment, according to Reuters, cost $17.74 to produce. Now, that's based on a report. Um, this comes from harvard.edu.files, uh, a report issued by drug pricing experts at the Harvard School of Public Health, as well as King's College Hospital in London. Okay. So according to Harvard and King's College in London, this five-day course of molnupiravir, which you have to have the whole thing, considered a huge advance in the treatment of COVID-19. It costs Merck $17.74 to produce that five-day course treatment. Merck is charging the U.S. government, I hope you're sitting down, $712 for the same amount of medicine, or 40 times the price. Okay. Now, this announcement, the reason this is important, this new medicine, it really cuts down the risk of hospitalization if you have moderate or mild illness, all right, which means that our hospitals won't be as overloaded. You know, right now we hear stories about how people with other medical problems, maybe they're in a car accident, whatever, they take their loved one to an emergency room and newsflash, they're waiting hours, maybe a couple of days for treatment, and then they die waiting. This will help cut down that backlog. So it's a pill. Um, it can be widely used, and it will hopefully cut the death rate. Uh, let's see now. It says here in the article, quote, in the first 29 days of the trial, no deaths were reported among the 385 patients who received the drug, while eight of the people who received a placebo, in other words, fake drug, died. According to a statement put out by Merck and Ridgeback Biotherapeutics, the two companies that are jointly launching it, end quote. Um, the pill is also something that they can make boatloads of money. All right. Now, uh, it's done by Merck and this smaller company called Ridgeback Biotherapeutics. Now, Ridgeback is a small Miami-based company, and they originally, uh, according to the Washington Post, Ridgeback Biotherapeutics originally licensed the medicine from Emory University in 2020 and then two months later sold the worldwide rights of the drug to Merck, but the, the, sun, the amount of money they got was undisclosed. Okay, now Ridgeback remains involved in the development of the drug, but there have been people who have described the idea as flipping. That's according to the Washington Post. Um, you know, once again, this was another drug used to treat something else. They were able to find that it would be beneficial in fighting COVID. Now, keep in mind, this drug was originally investigated as a possible treatment for what they call Venezuelan equine encephalitis, but it was developed using government funds. 
specifically the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, which is part of the Department of Defense, they ponied up more than $10 million uh, in funding, according to uh, Twitter. Uh, they ponied up more than $10 million both in 2013 and 2015 to Emory University. Um, and it was research that was done by a nonprofit known as Knowledge Ecology International. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. This money came from the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. It's a division of DOD, Department of Defense. They ponied up more than $10 million of funding in 2013 and 2015 to Emory University. That information was provided by a nonprofit known as Knowledge Ecology International. I stand corrected. I can admit when I'm wrong. Um, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases which is part of the National Institute of Health, or the NIH, also gave Emory University more than $19 million in grants. But, so you think, okay, well, this is taxpayer money, right? It should be, this medicine should be provided either free or low cost. Nope. Only Merck and Richback will get profits from this new antiviral. Uh, and it could bring as much as $7 billion by the end of the year when this was published in 2021. Okay? This is an example of how Big Pharma has used the taxpayer dollar to profit by. You know, we hear over and over again how these big pharmaceutical companies use as their excuse. They whine how they have to spend so much money on R&D, research and development. So, of course, the medicines have to be very expensive just so they can recoup, you know, their, their investment. Except it's a lie. It's a big lie, Quite, especially when it comes to COVID. Most of this was funded on the public dime, which means that there should be no patent monopolies for COVID testing, COVID vaccines, and effective antiviral treatment. Period. None. But does and again, the Republicans are blocking funds, so they are the villains in this piece. Make no mistake about it. But corporate Dems, both in Congress, hello Nancy Pelosi, as well as the Biden administration, have failed to fight for us. And fighting for us is more than just saying we don't have the votes. What can we do? Try growing a pair and hitting the campaign trail and letting people know that, one, all of you, no matter if you're a conservative or not, you probably know someone who's died from COVID. And more are going to die because they don't want to spend taxpayer money on it. You know, we've done stories before. I've written stories about how the COVID denialist lie comes from money supplied by billionaires like Charles Koch, for instance, and is funneled through groups like ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, where they push what looks like grassroots, but it's not. They push these lies because, God forbid, people should take some time off from work to save their own lives. You know, God forbid people should stay at home until this thing is settled. God forbid People should do anything other than act as beasts of burden for these billionaires until you drop dead at work. That's what this is about. Pure evil greed and nothing else. And we paid for it. We 
paid for it. There's more here, but we're not going to take a lot of time today on it. All right? We're just not. You know, I think you get the idea now. Okay? You know, we had another source here. You know, again, we know that U.S. taxpayers funded this. You know, when Donald Trump takes credit for Operation Warp Speed, again, these vaccines weren't just developed. They, Like most medical achievements, they were based on decades of research. Seriously, in science, the work you do now is based on work that came before. Everything is a team. And the fact is, this is something outside of the progressive journalistic uh, world, okay? You know, you'll see stories about this in Common Dreams. You'll see stories about this in BuzzFlash. I've written some. You'll see stories about this in The Intercept and ProPublica. Will you see this particular story on CNN? Probably not. Will you see this particular story on CBS or ABC? Probably not. All right. I suspect the story. I put no faith in the Wall Street Journal. The reason I emphasized it was so when these corporate Dems say, "Oh, it must be a lefty publication," not hardly. I suspect the Wall Street Journal ran the story because they were happy about it. Look, this still goes back to the old idea: we live in a state, to borrow a phrase, of medical apartheid. We just do, and it can't be permitted to continue. Healthcare is a human right, period. When you add to that fact in this for-profit system we have that leaves so many people behind, the COVID diagnostic tests, the COVID vaccines, and yes, the antiviral meds were all developed on research, largely on research over the decades that was funded by the American taxpayer. We have a right to have that at low to no cost. We own it. There should be no patent monopolies on any medicine or treatment or vaccine that deals with killer diseases like COVID that are highly communicable, especially airborne. There shouldn't be. You know, we're seeing a recurrence now of a disease we thought we had conquered, namely polio. Jonas Salk, Dr. Jonas Salk, dedicated his life to curing it. He came up with the vaccine. He could have made a fortune marketing it. He didn't. He gave it freely because he was a decent human being, not a corporate bloodsucker, period. There are some things that is quite all right to make profit over. I don't care if you want to charge an outrageous amount of money for some silly, ugly pair of tennis shoes because some celebrity's name is on it. I couldn't care less. But you don't profit off of life and death type situations. You just don't. This has to stop. And I know they say you can't sue the government. You know what? I would love to see a group of lawyers risk being wrong and take and sue every single office holder that blocked that that um, that money for COVID 
COVID treatment and vaccination. I'd like to see a group of lawyers come together and sue every single office holder that allowed a pat, anyone a big pharma to have a patent monopoly on medicines and vaccines that were developed on the tax, taxpayer dime. That's it. I don't know how many people have to die horrible deaths before the American taxpayer wakes up. You know, right now we live obviously in a system that is highly abusive. Let's just call it what it is. All right? Most of us that are not affluent are being abused routinely on the job. We're being abused by the marketplace. It's an abusive system. To people that are affluent or wealthy, they either don't get it, don't want to get it, because it doesn't affect them. But the fact is, like a lot of people that have been abused, they sometimes just feel so beaten down they won't fight back, but we have to fight back. The lives of our loved ones are at stake here. You know, not only have we been robbed blind by Big Pharma, because once again, has Big Pharma paid the government back? Has they paid, have they paid for this research to access it? No. Not really, not it's worth anyway. And the fact is, Corporate Democrats don't have the stones to fight. They just don't. So we need to start electing people that will fight, that won't worry about getting reelected. We need a steady stream of strong progressives that have all decided, we're not worried about being the next AOC. This is not about our ambition. This And it's not a slammed AOC, but I'm just saying, we just keep sending progressives so that they do the job. Don't worry about getting reelected because there's another progressive after them. We have to have Medicare for all. We also have to have accountability and transparency in government, no matter which party is in control. And, yes, we have to demand that all these corporations that have benefited from taxpayer-funded research – especially medical and scientific research, they have to pay for it. And if they don't pay for it, then guess what? It remains in the public domain. Because then pharmacists sometimes could just make it up themselves. That's it. If we had had open access at the very beginning, this pandemic would not have been as bad. And while the Republicans are clearly the villains in this piece, the Democrats are their criminal enablers, corporate Democrats, that is, and this has to stop. So this was an emergency report. Uh, we will be doing more of this. I will be writing a piece that will probably go on uh, BuzzFlash and some others. I hope you learned something from it. Uh, this was slapped together very quickly. Uh, I know I was supposed to be on hiatus, and I just felt this was too important. They're sneaking it through. They are, they are in this, the Biden administration is in discussions right now. And August 30th, they're going to have some sort of meeting where they're planning to shift the cost of COVID vaccines, diagnostics, and treatment to the patients, knowing full well that especially when it comes to antiviral drugs, especially for seniors, Medicare won't won't pay for it, and a lot of insurers probably won't either because it was uh, approved on an emergency basis. That's how they wiggle out of it. You know, 
Joe Biden wonders why he's not why he's so unpopular. He doesn't have to do the talking himself. He could send Kamala or whatever. But they need to be raising hell about this. They should be hanging the Republicans out to dry for refusing to fund this. And yet they're not. So to me, the uh, once again, the corporate Democrats, to use an analogy, as the Vichy government was to the Nazis of previous generations. So once again, I urge you to call Congress. The congressional number is one. To this is to the switchboard operator. One two zero two 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 four three one two one. I'll say it again. The number for the congressional switchboard, where you can get a whole, ask to speak to any senator, any congressman, is one two zero two 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 four three one two one. Let them know. That no, you cannot shift the cost of COVID treatments, diagnostics, and vaccines to the patients, especially the treatments. I don't know about you, but if insurance won't pay for it, do I have, say, a couple thousand dollars for one round of treatment? No, I don't. Most people don't. This is basically saying that unless you're wealthy, you don't have a right to life. That's it. So I hope this was at least informative. I apologize it was a little loosey-goosey because I had to put it together quickly. Um, We will be on hiatus next week unless something else happens. Um, And we will come roaring back September 4th, I don't know, maybe the following week. I'm not sure yet. And uh, we'll come roaring back, though, with our brand-new corruption report. With that, I say good night and God bless us because we're going to need it.